This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in, well, the arts again, with our ever-evolving open discussion segment, Is It Art?, focusing today on the concert ticketing industry, and finally asking guys what the hell are you doing like I, you you had you literally had one job and that is don't don't upset the swifties okay jesus christ so there's no theses today no gems we will need a little history lesson but before we get there let's meet our panel on my left is miss alexandra the great parsons of alexanderparsons.com welcome back to the show oh thank you for having me i'm excited to be back oh good good uh and then in this corner on my right i have all things production he's one of our producers he's our business lead and that is mr clayton anderson welcome back to the show clayton thanks sir happy to be here good 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 now like i said before we dive into the main set of topics at hand we all we will need a little background and so let's let's dive into that. So it was uh, it was the week before Thanksgiving and all through the night. No, I'm kidding. So it was um, it was Thanksgiving 2022, right before uh, the big week. And all of the Taylor Swifties of the world were eagerly awaiting their chance to snack tickets for her upcoming New Era's tour. When they found out that Ticketmaster decided to cancel the sale to the general public after unprecedented demand that made their site and system essentially crash. So what did they decide to do? They decided to go full fucking revenge on them and sue their asses. Uh, indeed, a full class action lawsuit against Ticketmaster and their parent company, Live Nation. Alongside that, we got the we got the Justice Department involved. Congress kind of finally woke up to the problems in this industry and decided to launch an antitrust investigation into Ticketmaster Live Nation to look at whether the company has a monopoly and 
the market for concerts. Now, to pull it way, way back before this, this has been a problem for a long time, and that problem is indeed the industry itself. It really came to a head with that merger. This was 2010. Ticketmaster Live Nation became one. Now, when people talk about this subject, they often will kind of skirt around the idea that they're a monopoly. But, you know, in our show, we like to talk about the divisive things and the arts. And uh, I like to call a spade a spade. I'm going to go ahead and call them a monopoly. That's what essentially they are, because they not only control the ticketing and the ticket prices right now, they control the promoters and thus the promotions. And then oftentimes the concert venues themselves. So they created a price model that is essentially pay to play. And if you don't play ball, you don't get to play. So now, so what do we do about that? You know, before we answer that question, I think it's best to start from the bottom, work our way up. Let's talk about the past and talk talk about something very simple. And that is, you know, let's let's make it personal. Let's make it personal, hmm. guys. So uh, I want to I want to bring my panel back in. I want to ladies first. Let's let's move to Miss Parsons. Sure. I want to talk about on a personal level, has the, you know, ticketing industry or going to a concert or, a you know, a musical or whatever the thing you wanted to go to, have you ever felt the pains of the industry on a personal level? Just you. Oh, of course. I think that like one of the main reasons why I don't go to shows is because they're so expensive. And um, I have a friend, a couple of friends actually, about will be named anonymous that work for Live Live Nation actually. And I no, realized while I was doing enemy. research, I was like, oh fuck. I was like, yeah, I have friends who work for them. Um, but some of them I know like people will work for them part time just so they can go to free shows mm. and be able to, you know, be able to because it's they can't afford it. Or they get tickets like half off or they get to go to free if they're working the event. But for the most part, like I don't like it's I think the last time I can't remember the last time I went. Really? How just just try to d- dig into that mind of yours. How long has it been? <sighs> I, I got to do one or two a year. I go I go crazy. Um, I mean, I've been to like the ones I have been to. I got free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe i'm just... from these anonymous live nation no employees. no like my friends like we have in atlanta and um there's like the sh- like the summer fest in new york and stuff i've been to those shows you know where they're like 40 50 bucks um the where you get to see a bunch of bands and um atlanta has i can't think of the name right now but uh, they have it twice a year and my friend had like the whole weekend and the whole, whole weekend's like 280 bucks it's like crazy but hmm. um, I got to see like Band of Horses and all these awesome different bands play. But that was I got lucky. That was for free because his, his girlfriend didn't want to go that day. I remember I think the most I ever paid was when I saw George Michael farewell tour back when I turned 24. And that was like the most I've ever spent on a ticket. I think it was like 100 bucks then. So this is real personal. I mean, like it, it's you had to completely stop going because <laughs> it was too expensive. It's too expensive. Like I'm almost it's like great timing because I've been having to have this conversation because I have been getting kind of annoyed with all these um, people on Instagram and like making all these memes about making an OnlyFans to see Beyonce play. And I'm so gross. (laughs) I'm so grossed out by it. I'm like, that's disgusting. Like these people have so much money. But then I'm like, is that is that up to Beyonce? What to price her tickets? Like, 
Or is that up to like the is that up to Ticketmaster or or they work with them? Like I wasn't really sure about how the logistics worked, but for the most part, I was just kind of like, really, guys, like what's the difference between watching her on TV and then being in the nosebleed section? (laughs) There's not a lot. There's not a lot. I'm glad you brought that up because that probably is a good segue to bring our um, NDP president or our lead on all things of business, Clayton into the conversation. Now, you don't have to answer that question right away. We'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, Clayton, let's hear about some of your personal experiences. The I think it, for me, it's almost psychological. But when you see a ticket listed at a certain price and you're like, okay, I, I can do that price. I'm comfortable with that, spending that amount of money to go see whatever live entertainment, sports, music, magic i don't know uh we all know we all we all know you love magicians yes you fucking love absolutely you know what's funny let's do a little quick tea but tea buck tangent corner there was a time around my uh the the years of my my bachelor party days where uh, we went to a place that had a lot of options and i i kind of made a joke about going to a show and i think i even said at one point hey you know i would even I would see a magician or illu- they're called illusionists now. And um, Clayton immediately knocked that down. He's like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to go fucking see magicians. We ended up so close though. We were literally right. <laughs> I outside wish you Chris did. Angel. I wish you, I really <laughs> wish you did. I I love magicians. Illu- I, I love shows like that, but I know it's not for everyone. I don't it's think the, we had enough it's the kid empire. it's the kid in me like i just like to be you know wowed with that stuff even though it's it's cognitive dissonance like even though i know it's not real it's like ooh, look at that he made that elephant disappear i love that shit come I'd, on i'd be more thrilled if will arnett came on as the magician like from <laughs> like arrested development from arrested development he's like this boat is gonna disappear <laughs> what it. it blows up that would be more entertaining for me yes back to um it, it's really like making, yes, I, I'm willing to spend that amount of money to go see that uh, piece of entertainment. But then you get to the checkout and the checkout's mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Why is it 30% more than what I was agreeing to? And I think it's that from a psychological standpoint that that discourages me from the whole experience. It's gotten to the point now where if I want to go see something and, you know, we usually go with somebody else. I'm like, why don't you just buy the tickets and tell me what I owe you at the end? Right. Because we do that a lot. Yeah. I just want just the one price. Don't (laughs) tell me one thing and then send me something else. Make it simple for the love of God. Well, you said you went down the rabbit hole of, you know, doing a mock purchase of a recent ticket who was the art was it a magician it was not a magician sadly i did uh i did both a a sporting event uh, a decently anticipated sporting event in the area as well as a pretty big name music performer uh bruce springsteen actually Ooh, mr springsteen okay yeah and the interesting thing was with both they both were exclusive contracts right and i think that's part of the issue the sporting event was StubHub. And uh, Springsteen was through Ticketmaster, actually. And, you know, the sporting event, it was, you know, best seat in the house was like 700 bucks. And then you got to check out and it was $202 more in fees. It's like a 28% increase. Put a pin in that. We're going to talk about when we get to the next topic of those particular activities, these these 
ticket industry management companies do. You brought up a good point, though. You know, like because StubHub, people forget these are secondary markets, and it's that's a probably what was really interesting about this. Cause I did best seat in the house, worst seat in the house. Yeah, for the sporting event and for Bruce Springsteen, and it was twenty eight percent, like on the on the number percentage wise. Mm. Yeah, for all of them except for the cheapest seat at Bruce Springsteen was actually. 29%. So it feels like that's like an in there might be some type of industry agreement that hey we can get away with the 28% markup and people will still pay it. They'll bitch about it, but they'll still pay it. Well, I think yeah, that's where it comes down to on on my personal stake, you know, when I really look at this, I always have to do that in my head. There's always this perfect you know, intersection, this matrices in my mind of like, how badly do I want to see this artist or sporting events or musical or whatever the thing is and the price model. And I know that they, they're they're so fucking deceptive. I know they've gone out of their way studying analytics and algorithms and all this stuff to find that perfect number, like that perfect number where they can maximize profits and keep going up just a little bit to not get past that line of where a consumer will be like, nah, that's too high. You know, they want to be just below that mm-hmm. threshold. So they'll still pay the, that ridiculous original fee and then all the hidden fees and processing fees. And I think that's what's frustrating to me too. So I actually, I definitely feel what you're feeling, um, Alexandra, where mm-hmm. I, half the time I'm like, this is just too expensive. Like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm, I'm done. And then the other times when I actually do want to pay or I want to definitely go to the show, I either there's two things I have to I know I have to do is I have to pay much more than I want to or I have to really watch when the sales go on and make sure I sign up for the pre-sales and like go out of my way to look, you know, look at those things and be the first one, you know, in line, so to speak, but on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I just recently bought tickets for my number one pick, uh, musical pick of 2022, which is The Smile. And I did all of that. I was, I did, I signed up for pre-sale. I got it in the lottery. I put in the code. I was one of, I, they went on pre-sale at like 10 a.m. on a certain day. And I was there by 10.01, 10.02. Half the fucking tickets were gone. Damn. So that's bots or scalpers doing the same thing. And I still had to play ridiculous prices. Well, not ridiculous prices. It was relatively cheaper than what I'm used to paying because this is still, even though it has two members of Radiohead in it, they're still not as famous, obviously, as Radiohead. They're still starting out, and Mm -hmm. so they're going on smaller tours and things like that. But, of course, they have enough notoriety between having Tom York and Johnny Greenwood in the band that they can still, like, Ticketmaster knows this. This is is why, you know, these smart businessmen and women that are really going out of their way to control these markets they they have to do their homework too so of course they're playing with those models as well and i so yeah between the price gouging the secondary markets and the hidden fees that's where i have an incredible disdain for the concert ticketing industry so before we move on on what needs to happen or what we think needs to happen for for change for for us artists because we're on both sides you know we're trying to make the art and we're eventually gonna have to play ball with them Mm -hmm. and we're also consumers at the same time when i was looking into this you know you hear about uh, shows that sell out in seconds right now they're like you know beaver selling out 20 seconds or swifties you know or you know queen bee 
but how? How? That doesn't make any sense to me. And so you start thinking about it. And when you dig into it, you find out that obviously bots are a huge issue. Um, and they can scoop up 50 tickets at a time from 50 different accounts and then, you know, sell them at uh, sometimes up to a 50% markup. Who the fuck controls the bots? Well, the, the coders that write them. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's software coders. Yeah. It's so weird. Sorry, go yeah. on. Go on. Well, there's yeah. bots everywhere now, right? I know. You know just, like, we see them on Twitter. We see them on Facebook to control a lot of different things. But in this industry, they are notoriously bad. Like, right. you can't even, there's no competition even there. So there's no competition because of this merger in a way. But then mm-hmm. there's no competition because you're never going to be faster than a bot, right? Because they're buying so many tickets. So like when I'm on a ticket, you know, in in the cart, I think this has all happened to all of us and probably all the people listening right now. You're in the cart, you clicked on something. And then as soon as you hit, you know, order says, oh, this isn't available. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me before. The other one besides bots is these prearranged deals. So that's Mm. what the issue, one of the issues, uh, the Taylor Swift one is they had like this prearranged deal where you sign up for a credit card and you're supposed to get early access. That's right. Ver- I read this. So they were going to be verified fans, quote unquote. Right. But these prearranged deals are right. They basically will carve off X amount of the tickets that. So those tickets just flat out don't ever become available to the general public. And that can be 10%. That can be 30%. But so when you're starting out with 70% and bots are going to scoop up. of them, you're talking like only 20% of the tickets actually get made available to the general public. And then they canceled in this instance, this is, you know, this is the straw that broke the camel's back and everyone is now finally paying attention is they canceled the general public sale. That's why people finally woke up and was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. We need to change this. What's crazy guys. I think this was going to lead us into our next topic is this has been going on since the nineties. People probably forget this, but Pearl jam of all bands went to court with the ticketing Mm -hmm. industry because they were so upset. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Pearl jam act or something. And then it got like, (laughs) right. That's what they called it. Uh, Or something like that, or Pearl Jam Law, and then it kind of got just like dropped after. Oh yeah, like or something. Oh, and and that you know, I I'm kind of in a weird way, kind of glad Congress is stepping in Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit to help the class action lawsuit because they were were they fucking asleep at the wheel? I mean, when you actually look at the merger in 2010, how did they not see that this was going to turn into this monster? Like, they have to be kicking themselves in the ass. I think there's something to that that, you know, these are congressional people and we mm-hmm. can we can talk about whether they're actually oh, business savvy or, you know, just idiots that lie on their resumes. A lot of that. I think it's a lot it's a of that. It's a mixture um, of both, yeah. Yeah, it's Hollywood for ugly people. And lobbyists right. and how much money they're going to get, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, because right. they get kickbacks too. I, oh, but uh, I think the... But, but not with this. I mean, what, what kickbacks are they going to get with like, yeah, they're not... get free tickets for life? from? That's why I... I, I th- you bring up a good point. That's why I think they... They completely missed the target here mm-hmm. when well, they allowed the merger reason. to go through. The, the other reason is is typically these mergers that get scrutinized from monopoly standpoint are what's called a horizontal merger. So that mm-hmm. would be that would be like uh, like what we saw with uh, Sprint and T-Mobile, 
right? Those ones are serving the same market and they're consolidating each of their market share. And that's basically saying, well, that's going to create one company that has too much market share and that's bad for the consumer. Totally true. Um, the This, however, was what's considered like vertical integration or a vertical merger. And that is not always seen as a bad thing because what that can do is, or what it's supposed to do, is create efficiencies. So hmm. if one company can do multiple parts of the supply chain, they can hypothetically either lower the cost of, they, they should be able to lower the cost of the product, in this case, mm. live entertainment. And that lower aspect of pricing or of cost behind the product should allow them to lower the price of the product to the consumer or at the worst case, keep the price the same, but they can capture more profit. So why didn't that happen? I feel like we went the opposite direction. Because Live Nation Ticketmaster just got greedy. They basically greedy. said, yeah. They basically said, well, by us. I think we all knew that. I just wanted to say that for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Humans in, in, you know, it's human nature, actually, just to be. So how do we, how do we solve, (laughs) you're going to speak for all of the uh, amazing minds of Congress and America and Swifties and brilliant business minds in the world. So don't mess up. How do we fix this? You can lump me in with the Swifties, but do not (laughs) lump me in with congressmen. (laughs) Um. Hey, Klobuchar's okay. She's kind of leading the pack here. Yeah, I don't know. Lately, she's not the best taste in my mouth from, from any... Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Thank God well, we're not a political show. We have to fucking talk about her right, or anything. Yeah. Like, do a full bio on her. Well, didn't... I was reading, like, how Congress... Remarkably, the Republicans and Democrats, they were praising them for coming together and agreeing on that this is not right. <laughs> well, you, and I And I'm like... No yeah, shit, Congress. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. No shit. Why can't you guys do this with other things? <laughs> yeah. Because they're not being like pulled in like financial like by lobbyists and stuff, unless there are like Ticketmaster lobbyists. I don't remember how this shit works. Oh, like, but like there are. There, there oh, are. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are they, they doing on the hill? Team. That's how they got the merger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like so uh, okay, so I wasn't sure about that. I'm like, are there lobbyists like working on the hill sure. to to That's sway why they voters? Still argue, yeah, oh yeah. Well they still argue that they did nothing wrong even here. That's what's so fun about well, studying the reporting, you know, up until this episode. I just I, I question we all agree it's it's a shitty experience here. Yes. But mm-hmm. I don't know that they're doing anything illegal. Yeah, I don't think I, so either. I, I think it's it's a hundred percent on pa- on paper. On paper, yeah, they're not doing anything illegal. Deceptive and but but that's not illegal. You can be you yeah, know you can be unethical shitty. but not illegal. So there's a thin Any line. Corporate. It's like all corporations are like this. Like big big. I mean like. Who the fuck knows? Like hedge funds, like all of these people all have <laughs> their own agenda. They're you wave, too. yeah, you wave a dollar bill in front of someone's face, and their perception changes. So it's like you can't really like trust these monopoly. I'm not surprised, you know what I mean. I'm just like not surprised and kind of like just like like just I I should just try to sneak into these places. Like I don't know. Oh man, do it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. We're gonna I have mean, out, out at some point. Be friends with security guards. That's all I'm gonna. I have friends that are be friends oh, yeah. with Doorman, security guards. Hospitality. You gotta have friends in high places and low places. And like that's lower relative. Just, that's how you can beat the system. <laughs> Now, Clayton is trying to dodge the question here, and you're, no, you're helping no, no, no. him, Alexander. Sorry, how do sorry. we fix, how do we so, fix this? 
So there's one thing that I, I think is not fixable about this, and then I'll get to how we I think we could, is as long as there is a gap between what the ticket is listed at and what someone is willing to pay for it, someone will be there to try and capture that gap. They will capitalize on that. Yes. If you list that desire, ticket, that want. If you list like supply ticket, and demand. Yeah. At, at $100 and somebody's willing to pay 150 for that, somebody out there will say, okay, there's $50 to be made on this ticket. I'm going to buy the ticket and try to make an extra 50 off of it. Mm. That is, that's just what's going to happen. That's where the bots really come in is because you have to have $100 in the first place to do that. And then you have to hold on to that ticket and that $100 cost until you sell it for 150. But bots have, bots have basically automated that to the point where you really only you really don't have to have the hundred dollars. You can sell it for one hundred fifty before you have to pay you the hundred. And so that's mm. how they that's how the bots make people money. Um, so I don't think we're ever going to get rid of resellers. At yeah. least maybe stop the bots. Is that I think yes. I, yeah. I think that is the part. Here's the here's make the it real more issue. Fair. Make it a little more fair game for people. Yeah, and here's that. That's the to me. That's the biggest issue with Ticketmaster is because they yeah. have like. 70% exclusivity contracts, they're no longer incentivized to update their technical platforms mm. to counter these bots. Because it's a um, the red queen hypothesis, no matter how fast you run, you have to always try to run faster to, you know, to keep up with the bad guys. Mm -hmm. um, bots are always going to keep getting reinvented to try to get around and, and capture these tickets. So you have to have the good guys, weirdly, Ticketmaster in this scenario, um, keep, you know, keep in It's arguable. It's and arguable. Up, yeah. And updating <laughs> their technology. But because they but have they're 70 not doing that. Of the, they don't have any incentive to. They have 70% of the market. Why should they? And they also are a reseller so they can sell it to themselves. So do you think they need to be broken up then? Because I feel like on one hand, because you were a little defensive of how these mergers can be beneficial and that they're not doing anything illegal technically. I am of the camp that I am of the camp as already stated in our intro. I wholeheartedly think they're a monopoly at this point and having healthy competition in the markets will be definitely another good step in the right direction along with controlling these bots. Sure. But do you feel like I think they should be broken up, but do you feel the same? I'll give you my answer and then I will explain a little bit though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we I know think, where this is going. I think in He's this working for him now, guys. That's my statement. Yes. Secretly. <laughs> I'm a double agent. Um, secretly, I think they should be broken up, but here's what you have to realize. As soon as you break them up, like we talked about, somebody else is going to come into the picture. I'm feeling that. Ah, gap. right. I see, what, I see the theory. Okay. And so no matter so, what, it's a, it's a Hydra head. Kind so, of yeah. thing. so here's what we have to hope is whoever comes in the picture isn't like the Billy McFarlands of the world that is just a swindler. We need right? the Warby like, Parkers of the world to come in and do something yes, to get Yes, there you go. There you go. Maybe we can Classes do like a subscription. Maybe we could do like subscription ticket thing. Hmm. Ooh. So. Oh, well, ooh, I feel like there could be problems there too. I think, yeah, I think the hardest part is like we can, we can cherry pick a lot of these like little ideas like healthier competition, less bots you know how do we make 
you know, essentially everyone being verified fans, right? Right now it's only the verified fans that get the promo codes to actually get in front of these walls for the bots. That's what essentially what they're doing is right. Is they're already creating these walls and they have these things. But again, to your point, Clayton, they don't have incentive to stop the bots on the back end anyways. Like, so they're kind of in a way doing that with some of these verified, verified fan accounts or, or pre-sales things like that. I try to look at as well for smaller shows and, but yeah, they're not they're not taking it to a hundred percent. You know, they're not doing. Well, why don't we give every fan a promo code like that? That would make sense to me too. Something like that, that kind of model where you can only get a ticket with kind of like two step authentication, right? When you log into something, you have to put your password in, but then sometimes they text you something and you put a number in. So if they had something like that for the purchase of the tickets. Uh, bots would have a harder time getting around those things, right? For now, yeah. Eventually, until the bots were updated. But this is goes back. It's like to a the, Terminator uprising. The most boring Terminator uprising is just bots on Live Nation. Jesus Christ! You gotta, you gotta stay ahead of it, right? That's why you have to. It's a tech. There's a tech aspect to this where you just have to continue innovating, and you know whether it's you do ticket maximums that are enforced by like the card number that's paying or the ISP address or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot smarter technical people that could tell me why that would or wouldn't work or why they've already thought about it. And it doesn't work. I have some so, people you can interview on that. Get on the show. Ooh, oh, thanks. Our, 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 our guest broker over here. I am such a broker. I love it. I need to be a PR person. <laughs> yeah, you would be. <laughs> yes. So let's, uh, let's, Let's bring back the government. Let's let's go back to shitting on Congress a little bit, because as much as, yes, this is a um, snails, <laughs> they move at a snail's pace, uh, Congress. There is a part of me that thinks I'm kind of glad that they have the the all powerful watchful eye of the government on this as well, because I don't think. You know, I think it is one part the people, you know, I'm glad there's a class action lawsuit mm-hmm. against them. But I think the other you know, the other side of that coin that we need is, is the government kind of keeping an eye on this? I mean, I think they're full of shit. I don't think they really give a fuck about us, to be honest with you. Like, they don't. It's like, oh, some, we love your there, there's an intention there. Like, why do they all of a sudden, like, all agree on this? Like, oh, that's great. You can't agree on, like, fucking abortion shit, but you can fucking agree on this. That's cool. Sorry. <laughs> No, we agree with you. We're on but the I'm same like, team. Oh, okay, cool. You guys win. What you want a cookie? Like I like. Ooh, let's clap our hands for them. They could suck my dick. Like I'm just so. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to strike such a chord, but I like it. It makes for good TV. Thanks. Or in this yeah, case. people. My friends love when I get feisty like this. But um, <laughs> no, I. That's the thing. I was like, that's cool, but like, I don't. It obviously makes me feel almost That's more a good, annoyed. I mean, I I know I I like the passion, I like the fire, and you make a good point. You know, half the time they don't care. You know, so yeah, there's a part of me that's like I said, there's a part of me that's like, yes, thank you for stepping in. They can change legislation, and then they and then there's a part of me that's like. How you feel like, ah, they don't care. I I feel like this is an episode of Veep. Like, I feel like this is in an episode of Veep where they're like, well, how can we win the general public? Okay. Oh, we'll get them. Yes, we'll get on their good side. Yeah, let's let's take them down. We'll be on their good side and win some publicity. Like there is Well, it is politics. Yes. They yeah, have to so... they have to always uh look at their constituents and make sure that, you know, a lot of constituents are Swifties. So they're like, oh, we make them happy. We're mm-hmm. gonna have some more voters, especially since 
it's for uh you know god i didn't mean to get into some political theory here the the historically and and analytically and statistically young people don't vote so let's convince them to yeah. vote yeah <laughs> with this which isn't which isn't a, a bad which isn't bad which is good but um yeah i just kind of like i feel like roll it my it eyes grinds your, it grinds your gears it grinds yeah. my gears and like um, yeah i'm not impressed like they do they've done nothing like i don't i, don't, I guess i'm like angry <laughs> Let, let's let let's let uh, Miss Parsons cool off. Yeah, I need to cool off. Yeah, drink not some more to, coffee over here. Yeah, take a break. Yeah, not to slight ticket buyers and concert goers, but to me, the government spending their time trying to break up Ticketmaster when we have unaffordable health care, mm-hmm. uh, childhood death rates. Sure. Where there is a waste of time element here. Yeah, uh, we have the whole western half of the United States trying to. Uh, either flooding or on fire. Or... Yeah, thank you for putting this in more calmer terms where I was just getting so livid. I was just like, oh, I'm getting really visceral. I was like, fuck. It's like, no, nobody's going to die because they didn't get to go see Taylor Swift. They'd be upset, sure. But nobody is, nobody's going to die from it. Yeah, and the bigger I feel like picture. Maybe we should focus our efforts on things that will. It is a problem, though. You know, it does affect. And in, in this, I will. I I feel like I'm going to push back on both of you a little bit now. It still is a problem. And and yes, if the government steps out so that you know the people just take over entertainment, think about how much we consume entertainment now more than ever, mm-hmm. right? And it's only going to get, it's only going to exponentially grow. Mm-hmm. I think. And how the gatekeepers control our entertainment will always affect our wallet. So regardless of who is fighting the fight, you know, if government takes out, if government steps back, and I I wholeheartedly agree with both of you that there are better things to focus on. Our healthy gun control, uh, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, all all the things that we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. Um with our being socially liberal, but we still have to fight this too. I think, I think is my ultimate point of how do we make this really better for all of us in the future? Cause it will, it will affect us if the greed doesn't saying. stop. Cause it is like the tipping point to like, it's not just Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is like an example of it's the whole industry monopolies yeah. in of, all different as gatekeepers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I am the key master. Sorry. I had to do that. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Ghostbusters reference? That we no, that's going in the liner notes. Oh, man. That's a fucking classic. Uh, for uh, for anybody out there, every once, every once in a while, I meet people that have never seen that. What are you doing? All right. Take, take, oh my take God. a break in life and Ghostbusters. watch Ghostbusters. One of you my can favorites. skip the second one, though. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we... Let's, let's tie a bow on this beep and wrap some shit up. And then I have a fun extra question for both of you that I didn't put into the outline okay. uh, just for funsies. Um, how do we, how, yeah. How can we, how can we still pay attention to this? Try to get a handle on this. How do we change the future? <sighs> the deep not all sigh. at once. Not all at once. Um, oh God, I'm going to leave that in. Yeah. The deep sigh. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, okay. Um, 
Clayton, do you have any ideas? Because like I, I was just gonna go with. I think still fighting the good fight. I think was my killing um, off, somehow killing off the bots. But he's right. Then not not necessarily. You don't even have to be that specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already kind of dived into some of those ideas. It's just not let. I feel like remember this has been happening since the nineties. You yeah, know, yeah, thirty years, guys, of us continuing to push it to the side well, it, and Bruce, it's only going to exacerbate that. didn't bruce springsteen he did like a free show right and then they they still oh artists yeah artists 30, fight artists try to fight this all the time and they just it's just like a losing battle yeah, it's a zero-sum game but prince did free shows prince what, did free shows why can't for there sure. be more free shows from the artists well, they have why to make the, a li- they have to make a living yeah they're I fine get that. They, they're fine yeah. like they they get so much money please i don't like these celebrities can right like, right don't get me wrong i feel like yes. the ones on the top tier the, mean Swifties, to get so the beyonce's yeah the top tier artists that's what that, I mean, it doesn't really tier. matter i'm not i'm not thinking about them i'm thinking about the ones in the middle yeah that yeah, yeah. can't that even afford to pay to play you know, yes, yes, and I that agree. don't get any kickbacks and that don't get there. They're struggling for decades before yeah. they can finally break through because these gatekeepers are <laughs> gating the keep. <laughs> I was going to do, an, like, do another joke, but um, there will always be resellers even before the 90s, like we talked about. Um scalpers that's mm-hmm. not a new thing that is it that goes back to like roman times uh sure you know, like hey we got two seats so this is capitalism 101 like, you know yes we yeah. get philosophical yeah. philosophical again i feel like we always do this guys no, where it's like no, is this the either. human condition are we are we are we always meant to suffer from our own humanity as long the, as money is a currency it will always be that way like as, mm. you know unless we want to barter a theory yeah. yeah so deep I'm bartering my OnlyFans picks for Beyonce tickets. So, oh uh, my god, no, <laughs> not you too. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those where, like I said earlier, I the only way that this can truly change is if people stop supporting them financially. Yeah, yes, like yes, you got to yes. stop voting in this case with your dollar and giving them power. If you start seeing shows that are not at live, hit them where it hurts the wallets. Boycotting yeah. them. You want that twenty eight percent feed to come down? Say no, I'm not willing to pay that 28% fee. You're right, because that's the only. If you look back in history, that's how things get done when people boycott and when people stop giving into the system. So if and the, that's the power in numbers, though. So and 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 the people are just feeding more into it by making all these jokes about Beyonce and making all this, doing this just to make tickets, and it's like putting more money in the wallets of these assholes. That's the billion dollar question, though. Is still how because mm-hmm. no i don't think we're gonna all do this collectively no this is where you know again but as we much all as pay I shit the on the government collectively yes but they're still going to do that it's a personal I, thing that's why i don't buy i don't buy tickets i've made that decision a long time ago unless it's like silent protest uh, yeah it's resistance. just it's just it's a personal choice and like I'm like whatever I'm not going to give into this corporate So you heard it here shit. you heard it here first guys Alexander Parsons is going to lead the charge I'm, no, I'm kidding Don't. <laughs> just uh, in just be indifferent let's <laughs> There you go Okay so in conclusion we have to stand up for ourselves we have to put our foot down and say finally say no but as an entire international community Mm-hmm. I think will be the hardest part. So I, th- this is another one, and we've we're having a lot of shows like this lately. Where yeah, I, I have would an idea. love, <laughs> ooh, go. Why don't we get like? 
<laughs> I'm going to get like red flagged after this or something. Um, why don't like we should just get one of the best hackers or something and just like shut down the site fully or do something fucked up. Like, to, yeah, well, the, we do that? now we you're work? talking yeah. about rogue um, guerrilla activism yeah. right over here. Let's do where, this shit. <laughs> um, again, I think that would put a, a good dent. You know, we didn't, uh, me and you, Miss Parsons, we did that activism show together. Yeah. You know, we talked about uh, what is worth more art or life. And there are people that are fighting that kind of fight. A lot of people like that show. I got a lot of great feedback on that. Hey, good. Way. Hey, yeah. I like it. But the problem is, is, yeah, this is on a stage so much bigger than, this is bigger than all of us, you know, in a way. So that's that I think is the hardest bridge to cross is figuring out that billion dollar question of how do we really stand up to this Goliath? Yeah, we need a think tank. We need like we need a think tank. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is where I would, you know, love the the people to to participate. You know, I, you don't have to do it. You know, we, we would love the tweets, love the emails, we love whatever. Yeah, bring more traffic to this fucking show. <laughs> but uh, you know, get get on the Reddit forums, get on the get on all of the opportunities to communicate on this and try to make it better because it never will if we don't. If we don't fight the good fight now before we go guys i did have a jump ball question for both of you because me and clayton i don't even know how we got onto this topic uh in our annual ndp meeting but um every good show needs a t-book tangent corner and i want to understand from your guys's opinions how we even got here with the swifties because they treat fucking taylor swift like she's a god and I don't understand it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of musicians that are treated like gods or goddesses, and I totally understand it. And me and Clayton started just using Beyonce mm -hmm. and Taylor Swift as the archetypes for those models because Beyonce, I get very God. progressive, very yeah, very innovative with her music. Does a lot of different things, both in the pop and avant garde realms. Yeah, and her shows are supposed to be absolutely insane. Whereas Taylor Swift, I. I I don't I don't see that caliber of um, artistry. Not that she's a bad artist. I'm not saying that. Don't come after me, Swifties. She deserves all the success she's gotten, uh, you know, within her lane. But within that lane, I do not understand why she is treated like a god. I kind of know Clayton's stance on this, so I want to, ladies, first again before we exit the show. Uh, do you have any idea how we even fucking got here? I don't know. Well, my I know my friend who who works for Live. One of my friends who works for Live Nation said she was in the queue for six hours for Taylor Swift tickets before she even got. See, like, why? She why would you wait six life? hours? I, I just people really are sh like love going to shows. Like that's their lifeline. I guess. Does she shake it off? It makes no sense. They love. I, I mean. I if it was Stevie Wonder and he's not even as great live anymore, you know, because he's so old. But like I've seen him live, and I didn't care. I might sell my left arm, you know. So like, right, it, right. We all have artists like that. Is my point. We would sell our whatever, you know, an arm her? and a leg. I mean, she but started to her? get more political too. About like what six year, five years ago. So I guess just musically is what I don't understand. I guess maybe what she does with her platform makes a little sense to me. I am not. I'm not. Sorry, I like. Swifties. I like her. Like I enjoy her. But was she's a, I? She's a solid. Okay. Yeah. Was I 
like waiting and like crying when the album came out? Absolutely not. Where a lot of my friends. <laughs> That's my point. Yes. People were like, they this were okay. amazing. Like, try cheersing. to put yourself like, in their minds then. Why were your friends there? I think like, because, can they can they articulate it in any capacity? I just think she's very relatable to most people. Like, I mm. and she's honestly, she's not very multi dimensional. Um, she's easy to swallow, if that makes sense. And she's very appealing. <laughs> oh, God, the jokes. I'm not going to touch those. Um, but yes. She's very appealing. Um, and she's like, she seems like a very likable person. And re- like, I don't, I'm trying to understand. No, you're describing a good pop princess, but not a pop queen. Um, like Beyonce. Uh, that's why I feel like I totally get Beyonce's love. And this kind of goes back to a little bit of our sh- um, me and you specifically, Miss Parsons, on our uh, concept of celebrity and how we're like, who who fucking cares? According, well, according to my my queer friends, like Beyonce is like the patron saint of the gays. So, and <laughs> Ooh, she, I like that, and she is, and that she is, Amazing. and that album is absolutely an homage to like black culture and the queer black culture with the the vogue dancing and everything that album is see that makes sense to me nominal like i get it like i get it taylor swift is not doing things like taylor that. swift that no, is I so have, progressive i have every beyonce album but am i like a super fan no but i i i will buy every one of her albums so you, do you if kind I, of agree with me in a little bit in a, in oh, a very yeah. long-winded like, way uh, Beyonce's like an alien goddess. Like I don't get what's going on with her, but like, it, like she's like beyond. But Taylor, I don't get it either. Like she is a songwriter. She's been writing songs for a long time. I just think it's like part of me thinks it's also the social dilemma with like how she's like she won't get married. She's had a lot of boyfriends. She sings about her boyfriends. Girls love singing about the guys that don't agree with them. It's very basic, and there's a lot of basic bitches. Like I hate to. My friends no, are no, going to be so words, pissed at me. They're like, fuck you, Ellie. The album's words right brilliant. out of my mouth because I don't understand it. Yeah. No, and they're like, no. they're like all these lines. Like, oh, my God, the lines. Like, I'm a mo- baby monster on a hill and everybody. I don't know. Something. I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I write poetry. Like, I write some pro- profound shit. Like, that's all right. Like, <laughs> But again, maybe I'm just being an arrogant asshole right now. So Clayton, let's see. Let's hear the other end of the spectrum. Can you explain the phenomenon that is the Swifties? They're not going to like this. <laughs> Let me it. preface it with that. <laughs> We're what, defending what, them. They're changing the ticketing industry been, for us. Yeah, yeah. I know, there's always been this person in, like that has to fill a role of a rabid fan base, and she's just another one. We had it. We had it with. The Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and pick your favorite boy band from the 2000s. Mm. But there's always been somebody that has the Madonna rabid fan was base going back in as the 90s. far as... I remember like the whole absolutely. thing with Kurt Cobain being but like, again, how much does progressive again. Madonna's a perfect... With Madonna no, 90s queen, progressive queen or Madonna pop, 80s progressive? No, pop just, queen. I think she's still progressive to this day. Oh, her tickets that would be my astronomical. argument. She's going back on tour. But you guys seen that Kurt Cobain, like the, the Nirvana, like when they were talking and they were asking them about how much they only charge like $15 for their tickets in the nineties. And like Madonna charges 60 or 80. And they were like, what? Like we could <laughs> never do that. I haven't seen that, but I, I could see you. them. Yeah. I could see them doing that. Cause, cause that makes sense to me. I think a lot of, I think a lot of bands would want it to be really affordable. Like I feel yeah. like a lot of bands, cause Nirvana, Nirvana never wanted to be famous. You know, they just wanted to write music and fucking, smoke cigarettes like to to kind of bring it full circle 
it doesn't really matter what they price the tickets at. Ooh, why? Somebody else is going to, because because the market will pay. The market's going to determine how much that ticket is worth. And so if they mm-hmm. price it at 15, someone's going to come in there and buy yeah. it at 15 and yeah. turn around mm-hmm. yeah, and sell it at 60. Right. God. It's depressing. <sighs> Welcome to it's, America. Yeah. I'm not sure if we can end on that. Yeah. So the Dave, the David and Goliath story is is not up to us. It is up to Why the Why not? The world is a daunting, dark place. But let's, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel <laughs> like we can always put a little twist ending, happy ending onto this. Who controls the market? We do. The people. The people. Power. Mm-hmm. There the you people. go, guys. Thank you so much for listening. No gems today, as already stated. I want to thank my guests, Miss Alexander Parsons of AlexanderParsons.com. Real quick, tell the good people how they can get a hold of you. Alexandra underscore Parsons um, on Instagram and Alexandra Parsons Co. on Etsy. And I want to thank Mr. Clayton Anderson, our NDP president, if they want to check out some of your stuff. Clayton, tell them how to do that. Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, best way on Twitter is probably just hitting the company up at Novo Day Media. Um, best way on Instagram, either do the same at Novo Day Media or my own personal food Instagram at Casey Food Dude. <laughs> there you go, guys. Again, you can check us out at Novo Day Productions.com. You can follow us, just like Clayton said, at all of our socials at underscore novo underscore day days d and at novo day media you know what to do i tell you this every fucking show like subscribe do all the things we don't care rate and review smash that like button if you'd like to sponsor a little love child or be on the show Ooh, reach out to us reach out to clayton at novadaymedia at gmail.com and until next time guys be good to each other you know what to do and as always good luck and god speed we love ya Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media, at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123, Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Smash it. It's so weird.